Hi and welcome to the Final Results AFF Suzuki Cup Special. I'm Deepan Raj. Uh, till January 5th final, uh, here on the Final Whistle, I'll be joined by experts from Southeast Asian football as we review and preview matches in ASEAN's Premier Tournament. It's Monday morning, a few hours after match day one, and my guests today have still agreed to come. Uh, first, let me welcome a former head coach and player in the S-League and host of his own podcast, The Silver Fox Hustle, uh, Mr. Shasik Kumar. Welcome to the show. Hi, and also a port debut for a familiar face in the Asian football scene, uh, football reporter Gabe Tan. Welcome to the show as well. Thank you. Um, gents, let's start firstly you know, by talking about the return of live football uh, at a mass capacity like the National Stadium. Uh, I know Gabe, you were at the National Stadium last night. Now, how does it feel like to finally be able to welcome back football this way? Even firstly, I guess you know. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was a it was a really I guess exciting experience. You know, we've we've not we've not had this experience for a really long time now. I think you know you could see it on the fans. You know, they came out with their children, their families, and you know, obviously there were a couple of interesting incidents. You know, family of five, but you know, having to split up and sit in two. So I saw a father with you know young kids on either side. It was I mean, my, I, you know, we understand um, you know the rationale behind this, but oh, you know, I think you know I don't think any of that uh, took away from the experience. And obviously for for Singapore to get the win for all the fans, you know. Um, um, all in all, I think it was a great start. Uh, I think we are still a long way to go before we, we fill out the stadium again. But, um, you know, looking forward to the next month and what it brings, um, it can only be very exciting for, you know, Singapore football and you know, I guess Southeast Asian football as, as, a, as a whole. Uh, I'll get, come back to you on this, but uh, Shasi, I think you watched the game from, from home, I yeah. believe. Yes. Um, how was it like to see the scenes, uh, you know, seeing fans being there at the stadium? I mean, does it make you want to go down to other matches as well uh, in the Suzuki Cup? Yes, definitely. And uh, what more can we ask for, right? After a very, very long break and uh, of, of not going into the stadium, especially supporting the national team. I think the SPL is open, obviously, but the national team itself, you know, that's that's where the fans want to go in and watch the, the games. And my son was wearing his jersey at home, supporting the team and singing the national anthem even. So that was uh, great to see as well. But uh, yeah, very happy to see the fans back. And, and I, I think uh, that will actually uh, have more fans into the stadium for the next few games as well. Uh, Gabe, compared to you know previous games uh before the pandemic, I mean, was this extremely weird for you to to be at the stadium? Because for me, I mean, for, for example, I was complaining about uh, the lack of water because I was so thirsty oh. covering the game, and I was there for the Thailand uh, Timor Leste game, and then stayed on for uh the Singapore game as well. So really, really thirsty, and I ended up actually going to the toilet and drinking <laughs> from the tap water because there was no like mineral water available and also. In, in other ways, was it like weird for you to be there? Yeah, I think we all were drinking from the tap. I think they need to designate which sink we can drink from because, uh, you know, we, we have to be quite safe about this if you think yeah. about it. But no, um, it was weird. I mean, you're right. Uh, without wanting to sound too spoiled as well, the, you know, National Stadium games, they used to give the media pretty decent food. Yes, I remember yes. the Sea Games, uh, the old chunky curry puffs lined up. So, you know, I, I really missed that. But, uh, you know... In a way, it was also, I guess, we we understand the situation. Uh, it wasn't easy, trust me, Dibana. You know, you, you're, you're right about that. Um, but overall, you know, it's, it's the, the organizers have made decisions. And and I think we there were some of us giving feedback and hopefully it changes. Because, you know, going without water, for example, like in the case mm-hmm. you mentioned, for, for six, seven hours, that's just that's just torture, you know. So, um, but all in all, again, you know, back, going back to the, I guess, the football, it was just nice to be there and covering the game the energy obviously things were a bit weird you know um, having being at the stadium but no mix zone uh, mm, being yeah. the coach being there but talking to him through Zoom even though you know he's 20 metres away in the room you yeah, know you actually yeah. can know where 
to go, you just can't go there. All oh, that was pretty weird. I think, you know, a lot of the excitement from covering a tournament like that as well is, is you know, it's not getting scoops, but it's getting stories that you yourself want. And, you know, it could have been uh, the time midfielder that no one else wanted, but you really had an angle for him and being able to hunt him down in the mix zone. I think as a, from a, from a journalist standpoint, that was, uh, it's a bit sad we can't do it this year. Um, but all in all, you know, I think... Um, a lot of things were put in place really well. The the fact that from the media center there was a, a big TV screen, there were speakers for you to conduct that Zoom uh, interview. I think a lot of a lot of a lot of thought went into the planning, and you know overall, um, obviously we always find something to complain about, but yeah. I think it was it was good. Mix zone as in selfie zone, now you mean? Selfie zone for some. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I normally leave my selfies for training the day before. I don't I don't let it affect my match day my match day routine. Yeah. Yep. yeah so just for people who might not know, so the mix zone is actually where the players walk through. Uh, to the team bus after the game. Uh, and, and yeah, I agree with you. I think the lack of a mix zone was also weird for me, but I think it was quite well done in terms of the Zoom. Uh, so basically, we were in a room where they broadcasted on the screens and we were able to ask uh, Tatsuma or other coaches questions through. So very well done for that. Uh, let's start with the, the talk about football, right? So the first game, of course, uh, Timo Leste, Neil, Thailand 2. Uh, Shasi, uh, in terms of Thailand, you know, before this match, what were your expectations? Because we know Coach Manu Paul King is taking his first game in charge of Thailand, the first tournament, of course. Is it too much to expect from, from Thailand at this tournament, you think? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I expected them to play a little bit uh, you know, better mm. than they did yesterday. But having said that, you know, it, like like you said, you know, his first game in charge and, and getting to know the players as well and and the players who were abroad, you know, pe- people like Chanatip and all just coming in, just arriving late and, and stuff like that, getting them to blend in. Uh, I expect them to play a little bit better than they did yesterday. But having said that, first game uh, off, uh, out of the way, 2-0 uh, victory, it came late, the two goals. Uh, but having said that, you know, Timo Leste, they are one of those teams that you know, they, they are like a, you know, a <laughs> very difficult to break down, mm. you know, and they play in patches as well. They can hit you on the break as well and they've got some uh, nippy players. Play in I, patches as in you're referring to the National Stadium pitch or? Uh, <laughs> yes, then that too. <laughs> no, but yeah. So, they, they I, I did their games, uh, commentator on their games in the AFF under 23 yeah. and they've got like almost like what, 60, 70% mm-hmm. of that team playing in this tournament and they are under 23 bunch but again, you know, uh, with the ages and all, we, we don't exactly know, right? Uh, Paulo Gali is playing for 30 years already. So, yeah, so we can go on and on but I think uh, we can expect Thailand to kick on from here. You know, they've got uh, big games as well coming up with Singapore, Myanmar as well. They've got the easiest, so-called easiest match out of the way but I think they will uh, come good. So Gabe, I think one uh, confusion I had uh, while trying to explain to those who didn't watch this game was to try to explain whether it was a case of Thailand not being at the races or just Timur Leste being better than what we expected. What's your take on it? I think I think Trusty is absolutely right. You know, Timor Leste, they are, they, are, they are minnows, you know, in this region. We we have to, you know, be brutally honest about that. But that does not mean they can't put up a good show for, you know, 60, 70 minutes, which is exactly what they did. So um, I think we have to give the credit to, to Timor Leste. And, you know, again, like like Trusty mentioned, you know, we've seen them really give big sides trouble before. The last Suzuki Cup, you know, against Indonesia and Philippines, they only lost by two goals when everyone's saying, you know, they're going to get hammered three or four or five even. So uh, that's that aspect. And again, uh, there's also the aspect that, yes, I don't think Thailand uh, were at their best. Chanatip to come, Tirathon to come. Uh, you know, Kerwin not even in the starting lineup, the goalkeeper on the bench, you know. Um, so, I know this is a really good side. Uh, I did predict that they will win. Uh, I don't think anything, uh, my opinion, has changed um, after last night's game, but I really hope they wake up their idea and, you know, maybe maybe play slightly slightly better. But again, like, as Shasi said, that's the easiest game is out of the way. Mm. Had they come up against the Singapore Philippines, you know, it might have been quite costly. They might have lost, you know, straight away uh, zero points in the ledger uh, to have been able to take on Timor Leste there and, and sort of scrape through with the three points 
um, you know, it only sets them up for, for more improvement to come. Uh, and Shasi, you know, in tournament football, I think at the end of the day, uh, performance goes out of the way because you just yeah. want to get the win into your system first, right? So for Thailand now, I mean, what's next for them? Do you feel now is a case of putting on the performances or do you think as a coach, the message will still be three points, three points, three points? You know, in a, in a long term, like a, like a league system, right? You, you would want to look at the performance because then the, the, the result will come naturally. But in this very short kind of tournament, you just... You know, just look at results. It doesn't matter. But with this Thai side, like you said, Teraton is not in there. Chanatip wasn't playing yesterday. So they will put these players in when needed, when matters. And, you know, these are classy players. You know, they've played at the international stage before playing in the J-League as well. So they will know what to do when the when the time comes. You know, when, when you know, uh, when push uh, comes to shove. So they will come good. They will definitely come good. And uh, we talk about results and performance. It both will come in ha- hand in hand with this Thai side, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one player I want to talk about is, of course, Thailand striker Tirasil Dangda. Uh, in terms of reaching the, the history mark, I think he's two goals away from overtaking Noah Lam Shah in the, in the all-time goal scorers list. Uh, I expected him to net against Timon Leste. I'm sure you did as well. <laughs> Do you see him going on to break this record uh, in this year's edition? <laughs> I think... It's his probably last chance to do it as well. I know, I know he's he's not that old yet, you know. Um, but for for someone who's been probably Southeast Asia's best striker throughout his time playing, um, I'm you know I think he's a person who's no longer at the peak of his powers. Unfortunately, he's still at this level, someone who can really tear apart opposition defenders. Um, you know, we see Thailand already making preparations for the future. You know, players like Super Chai Jai that coming in, the Super Namwanta who's not here is an outstanding, yep. uh, outstanding talent. So you know, I really think this is Tirasin's last chance to do it. Whether he can do it, um, based on the games they have, um, if you see the way Myanmar defended against Singapore last night, I know we'll talk about that a little more. Um, definitely has a great chance. Um. And, you know, as much as we all, you know, love what Noah Lamsha has done on Singapore, would, would Tirasin be deserving of that accolade? You know, maybe, probably, um, you know, as a good chance. Obviously, you know, Noah Lamsha scored a, a heap of those goals in one game, whereas yeah. I think Tirasin has, has done it, um, you know, more consistently mm. throughout. So I wouldn't begrudge if he actually goes on to get this uh, accolade of being the all-time top scorer. Yeah, perfect way to end the chat uh, on Thailand, Timur Leste. Let's now move on to, of course, the second game of the night uh, involving the Singapore national team, uh, Singapore 3, Myanmar nil. Uh, all three goals of course coming in the first half. Uh, a brace from Iksan Fandi as well as a header from Safwan Baharudin. Uh, Shasi, I'll start with you first. Um, did you expect uh, a convincing victory in, in this way? And also, do you think this was a case of, just like I mentioned earlier, getting the win out of the way? Because a lot of people are going to focus on the second half because that's the latest version of Singapore that we saw, right? Almost. Uh, what do you think of the game? Uh, well-deserved win. I think in the end, it was pretty comfortable, you know, take away the second half performance, uh, you know. But uh, I expected them to win. You know, I think the Myanmar side, they haven't come into this tournament on, on good, with good form and yep. Singapore side as well, right? But, you know, the players, I, I don't think they, they look right. They started off the game well, Myanmar. you got to say that, you know, uh, especially in the first 10 minutes or so. But after that, I think Singapore got uh, accustomed to the pace and, and, and the, the pitch and what have you. And then they, they came into the game and they used their strengths, I, I think, you know, in terms of the speed when they are counter-attacking, that's one. And their aerial uh, prowess, you know, in terms of uh, set-piece situations, they, they're good in the air, right? Look at Safwan, you look at uh, Iksan, even Irfan, they are always going to, you know, score goals from those situations. And having said that, delivery is important as well. And they've got players to deliver b- those balls in, like uh, Shadan and, and, you know, um, even Shake, you know, with left foot and, and Zul if he comes in. So they've got the players to do damage 
they they can play to the strengths. You know, enough of this tiki taka style. You know, they've got to play to the strengths. Yeah. And I think Singapore's strengths are in those two areas. You know, counter attacks because they got the speed. And when you talk about speed, they also got that man who they missed. Uh, when they played in the World Cup qualifiers, that's Exxon, to hold up play and then play off uh, the, the wingers and midfield who, who is supporting. So I think it was comfortable in the end, uh, well-deserved, uh, but obviously we're going to talk about the sloppiness in the second half yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, actually, one thing, I mean, since you mentioned Exxon, uh, I've got to, to talk about this, right? As far as I remembered, I did not remember him losing the ball at all. You know, every time the ball was knocked into him, he held it up well, passed it on to his teammates. I don't remember him losing possession or, of course, uh, not privy to the stats, of course, but that's what I observed yep. from the game. Yep. Uh, Gabe, bring you in on the conversation now. Of course, Myanmar were missing players like uh, Kalkoko and uh, Ong Tu and also, as well as their first-choice goalkeeper. Uh, would you then say that it takes away from Singapore's victory? Because some people were saying that uh, this was a routine victory. You're supposed to be winning this game. Uh, is there more to it? Yep. Even this is the first time you're having me here, I don't want to come across as a grumpy old man and you never invite me again. But you know, my, my gripe with fans, mm -hmm. not just Singapore football fans, is you're never when you're good, you're never as good as you think you are, you know. And when you're bad, you're also never as it's never that there's always a fine ground. So, you know, the first half was good, it wasn't that good. The second half was not so good, it wasn't that bad. bad so, yeah. you know, in a way, it's a oh, you know, can you can you really complain about a, a 3 0 win? Yes, um, you know, Myanmar, like you said, you know, this this is not the strongest Myanmar side, but that's not Singapore's fault that this was the team they came up against. They still had to do the job. Um, and if you see what Myanmar did uh, in the in the first half, especially the opening exchanges, as Shasi as pointed out, you know, Mong Mong Luin was giving them all kinds of problems. Uh, you know, the, the wingers were offering a lot of whiff, even though, you know, the Ang Kang Man, the striker, didn't really offer that much of a threat up front. So, you know, it's it's not like this was an absolute, um, you know, game that was easy to win. Um, so, all in all, um, I don't think the quality of this Myanmar side took away from the performance. I will be honest and say if Myanmar had their full strength, right, this may not have been a 3-0 win. Mm. Um, but again, like I said, you know, Singapore can only beat what's put in front of them. So I don't think there should be any negative emotion just because of the quality of the Myanmar side. Yeah, uh, and as you mentioned earlier, Sasi, I think we will talk about the sloppiness in the second half. But before that, I want to talk about some standout performances, of course. Uh, let's start with Iksan. Uh, so my worry going into the tournament was, of course, the lack of game time he's had at, uh, in Norway, right? So I thought it would affect his performance in some way. But I thought he was fantastic last night uh, in terms of, like I mentioned, not just holding on the play, but he was sharp. Uh, I thought that if there was better supply from the left and right equally, I think he could have got more goals as well. Um, you know, do you see him going on to be uh, the, the Golden Boot winner? Because I, I predicted him to be a Golden Boot winner. I was afraid I would jinx him, but so far, so good. What do you think? <laughs> ah, come on, Deepan. You shouldn't have said that, man. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I think he was very, very good. Uh, won the man of the match as well. Uh, well deserved. And like like I said before, right? I I think they missed him, you know, in, in the World Cup qualifiers. Of course, the World Cup qualifiers is different, you know, but but Faris played there up up top on his own in one of those games in, in against Saudi or, or something like that. So they totally missed him. And in the style that they play, let's say if they want to go counter-attacking style like I said right they sit deep perhaps and then try to win the ball but the first ball out the out ball has got to go out to up to someone first and in Iksan he's got the perfect player who, who, who can come deep and also go behind the defence mm -hmm. where he mm -hmm. can run into the channels and he's hard working like that and, and, and from headers as well you know like you said he's scored a good goal yesterday and then the way he scored his first what a finish right and absolutely brilliant performance by Iksan so you know he can he can go on from strength to strength uh, again let's let's keep our fingers crossed that he stays healthy stays safe you know in terms of injuries as well as uh, what's happening around the world so yeah so I, I think he was definitely one of the standout performers yesterday Gabe, I, I think I was with uh, Milton last night I went out stepped out of the stadium at halftime for fresh air and I think we were talking about how 
Uh, it's been a long time since we had someone like Iksan, um, you know, leading the line for for Singapore at a tournament. Uh, would you say? Would it be fair to say that the last time we had someone in that mold was probably Alex Dirich, or, or do you think there were others who came before? Then also, how important is it that we have Iksan uh, there as a focal point, and also can the ammunition be better? Like I mentioned. Mm. Okay, uh, with regards to the Dirich, you know, I think. I think Amri Kairo Amri was, you know, uh, although he, you know, he he often flitted around, whether being the main striker or playing off the main striker, sometimes even having to play uh, in a wide attacking position. I think, but I think in the in terms of the actual finishing ability, uh, that real, you know, prowess in the penalty box. I think this is the first time we've seen someone like that since Kairo Amri. With all re- all due respect to any of the strikers that have, you know, donned the Singapore jersey since then. So, you know, you talk about jinxing it, you know, and then you talk about Tirasin Dangda. You know, Iksan reminds me of Tirasin Dangda in that hold up play, and you know, you jinx the, the golden boot now. I don't want to jinx him by saying I think he could be the all-time top scorer of the Suzuki Cup uh, over the next 10 years. But um, could the ammunition be better? Well, I don't know, Deepan. You know, you look at Shadan and the, those free kicks he swung in, even for soft ones, uh, the corner for soft ones first goal. Um, sure, I think in open play, uh, there were a couple of instances, uh, you know, Faris had a great game, but there were a couple of times where, you know, the, the, the release pass could have come earlier. Or, you know, we're nitpicking now, you know, obviously all of them played, you know, pretty pretty well. Mm. Mm. But I think, again, similar to what we discussed about Thailand, you know, this is a team that can get better. Um, there are a lot of, I guess, kings to work out along the way. Um, so, yes, um, I think he will thrive on more chances. And, you know, I really I really agree with, with Shasti in the sense that, you know, he is that presence. We, we really miss that in the World Cup qualifiers and you know you look at his his younger brother Fandi's third son Ilan who was thrown into the deep end in one of those games mm, he's mm. an outstanding talent but you just see his chalk and cheese in terms of physical development his knowledge of the game uh, and you know obviously hopefully Ilhan will become um, as good as Iksan one day so all in all it's it's really exciting though to have a striker like him um, and with Shadan whipping in crosses with Song growing the energy of Harris um, it's really looking I guess positive for him Making making good on your on your prediction of him being the top scorer. Yeah. Can I can I also say this? I you know we we talk about strikers and you know empty promises in the, in the past. You know, but this is you know he has that end product as well. Yeah. You know he has that composure to finish as well because you. In the past, so so often than not, we have a player like his first goal when he takes somebody on on the right-hand side and so often than not, uh, the composure isn't there because he's done the right thing and then the end product, maybe he, he slices the ball out mm. wide. You know, and and maybe shoots uh, straight at the goalkeeper or fluffs it. Or but he 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 has this thing, you know. He has that natural ability to actually find the corner. It was a great goal, wasn't it, to yeah. watch? You know, so so yeah. So he could be the end product, but lots of work to do. Yeah, and I was remarking that I, I don't think there's another local striker who's probably playing straight in the Singapore Premier League that will have the confidence to take on mm, the man yeah. that way and then put the ball at the at the opposite corner, right? And I think the confidence is what he has at the moment. It's so good for us that he scored. Uh, two goals in the opening game. Uh, another player I want to mention is, of course, making his uh, tournament debut was, of course, Song Yi Yong. Uh, I thought he was fantastic as well. Breaking from midfield because I think we had that player in the mold of Yase, I think, previously where he was that uh, third central midfielder who would break into the attack. But I think Song offers much more in terms yeah. of what he can bring to the game in terms of energy. How impressed were you with Song last night? Uh, very, very impressed, but... At the same time, not so. We've seen him do it, um, you know, for for a decade now. Yes. Uh, from the time he broke onto the scene with uh, Home United, now Lion City Sailors. Um, I think we expected that this is this is the reason why you you look at someone, uh, whether he's eligible for naturalization, whether you want to even give him the the, the passport, because um, again, we've seen 
successes in the past. We've also seen failures in the past. Um, people coming in, uh, making you know ten or fifteen caps, and then not really having an impact. Uh, Song has all the potential, and instead at the age where he can he can be a, a contributor for at least you know five six six more years, even more even. Um, but yes, in terms of his on field performance, he he really offered that drive, and you know in terms of his distribution, um, that was something he keeps it simple. He doesn't he doesn't try to do anything too fancy. He knows his limitations as well, so that's what I really like about Song. And you know we saw even as he picked up a slight niggling uh, injury towards the end of the game. Uh, he was about to be subbed off and was still hurtling down the pitch, trying to win the ball, trying to create something. Uh, and they had to chase a, a really bad pass, which, you know, didn't do his... Wherever was injured, it didn't do it any favours. Yeah. Um, but look, Song is uh, definitely a really valuable addition for Singapore. Um, one that could play a, a, an important role, you know, in in the way we've seen others like, you know, Mustafa Faruddin, Alexander Durich, people that have come in before and, you know, made a contribution on the international stage for Singapore. All right. Uh, one last player I'd like to mention, of course, is uh, Captain Haris Harun. I think there were doubts over his uh, fitness levels going into the tournament, but I thought he was fantastic for someone who had no warm-up games going into the tournament, was injured, and then had uh, contracted COVID as well, and then came in and looked so, so, so good in, in, that, in that midfield. But what I was puzzled about was, um, and most times I saw Harris being the most advanced uh, central midfielder in, in the game last night. Is that something that uh, you were surprised about, Shasi? Uh, I was just want, want, I wanted to say that as well. He, he's playing in a different, slightly different role, playing in the middle of midfield, but slightly advanced, mm -hmm. right? He, mm -hmm. he He's making those runs. Yeah. He's making those uh, uh, late runs into the box, which is nice to see as well because we haven't really seen him do that, right? And we don't know that he's that kind of a player, you know, playing from deep, like a, a Lampard kind mm -hmm. of player, you know, goes right into the, the, the penalty. Why never say Fred? Sorry? Why never say Fred? <laughs> Fred is a different kind of player. He's a different animal, man. But <laughs> yeah, but so, you know, I love that role as well. You know, I think yeah. he has the ability to do that. Uh, we, we don't know him as a goal scorer, right? Yeah. But why not? You know, at this stage of his career, you know, he can push on and he's because Shadan is in there. He's not really the defensive kind of player, Shadan, but he's the pivot man, right? And yeah. he does his job so well, you know, distributing and he's obviously he's got song in there as well. So we you know, love to see him in that role more often, uh, probably get a goal or two, but you know, very assured performance as well, like you said, you know, from injury, from COVID and what have you. So, yeah, uh, very pleased to see that. And uh, obviously, he got a little bit angry in the second half, you know, I think angry with himself as well with yeah. some sloppy passes, but with his teammates as well. So, yeah, you, he's the leader that we missed in the last campaign in the in the World Cup qualifiers when he didn't go uh, travel with the team as well. Someone in the team uh off, off the field as well, you mm -hmm. know, in the dressing room, he's that kind of a player who will uh, get get his team going. So yeah, uh, very good to see him back. All right. So so far, we've talked about all the positive things uh, about Singapore, <laughs> uh, Singapore's win against Myanmar. Just want to, of course, talk about certain things that I personally and also some fans did not quite uh, enjoy, which was uh, certain elements of the second half. Right. So I think uh, around the sixty fifth minute mark. Uh, Tatsuma did uh, take off uh, Shawal and Faris. He brought on Zulkainen Suzliman and Hami Shine, I believe. Yeah. So, I know we are up 3-0 and I think that's a time where a coach might want to try a different system, a different formation. Uh, but I thought it took the sting out of the game, which Tatsuma maybe wanted. I think he wanted to settle for a 3-0. But I felt that uh, a tournament opener, uh, you you clearly have uh, the, the the ammunition out there. I think you can go on to have a better margin of victory. Uh, do you agree with me, Chassi? Do you think that the substitutions took the sting out of the game and, and negatively for us? I think you said it. I think they were up 3-0. You know, I think it was a perfect time to make substitutions 
two, three or, or four substitutions. Right? It doesn't matter. So he he did make those those substitutions. The players that went in, okay, Hamishain went in, and and. I think it would, if there was a time to make a mistake in terms of a substitution, it would be good at 3-0, 4-0. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I'm not defending Tatsuma, but what I'm saying is, you know, if there was ever a time to make substitutions, that was the time. 3-0 up, perfect. Uh, having said that, yeah, I think it took the, you know, the, the sting out of the game. Uh, Hami was playing out wide on the right-hand side. Uh, Zul was out on the left-hand side. So, Zul is fine because he plays out wide anyway. Uh, Hami on the right-hand side. Yeah, so so the, the balance probably was a little bit, uh, you know, disturbed a little bit. But uh, apart from that, uh, I have to say that these are all players. These mm. are all professional players. Mm. They, they've got to go in. They've got to know their role. And I'm sure Tatsuma would have tried this in training mm. sessions. I'm sure. You know, there's no way in a tournament like this he would say <laughs> uh, he'd put Hami at centre-back, for example, right? So I'm sure he has tried Hami in that position before in, a, in the training sessions or, or whatever. But having said that, like you said, you know, passes got sloppy and it wasn't Hami's fault and Zul's fault. You know, I think even in the middle they've got a little bit sloppy. Uh, passes were going everywhere. Yeah. Uh, probably got put the, the foot off their pedal or something like that. Yeah, I, I saw Harris uh, looking yeah. back at Shaki and you know. Correct, you know, the sloppy pass yeah. by Shaki and then he he got the yellow yeah, card. Yeah, he got a yellow card, yes. He, the first yellow card of the game. Yes. Uh, before that, there was a crazy tackle by mm. Shawal, remember? He went off the ground. Yes. He should uh, Irfan was actually the first to get yellow card yeah, for yeah. the apparent right. dive. Yeah. So, so, yeah, <laughs> sloppy. But yeah. Uh, having said that, you know, I, I'm not much complaints from me, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Gabe, so I, I think uh, we talk about Hami, I think he came on the right flank. I think there was a particular play where we tried to to break on the counter and the ball went out to him on the right, but he took a touch inside where maybe a Shawal would have uh, progressed the ball. Um, in terms of these substitutions, I think, is it a good time actually to make the substitutions last night for from Tatsuma, you think? Yeah, I think I, I actually agree with, with Shasi. You know, you, you've had the three points in the bag. You want to freshen up. The, the problem is, I think a, a couple of guys that should have been replaced earlier one, you look at, you talk about Harris recovering from COVID, yeah. could do with a breather. You talk about Iksan, Perhaps not being a hundred percent, um. So those were puzzling to me. Um, and I guess more so than the sub- substitutions was also that 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 the distinct change of shape. You know, I think you know, given the way the game was played, um, it was quite fluid, but it, it seemed like a change in tactical structure. Um, from from my view at least, mm-hmm. and you know, I think that was uh, it, it, taking the sting out of the game is fine, but almost giving your opponents the initiative that's not fine. And I think rather than just try to make it dull and boring and just see all the rest of the game, Myanmar came back into the game after. That and looked uh, really dangerous. Yeah. into a few saves. Yes, as well. so I think that that for me was not not good. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to just play it out fine, but um, yeah, Myanmar looked really good after that. And I think, again, we are we are we are we are, we are nitpicking on a, on a three 0 win. Uh, like like Shasi mentioned, I'm I'm happy. But yes, there but that's a good thing, Deepan. You know, there's always room for improvement, and at least these are apparent things for improvement. If if you lose 2-0 and you don't know what went wrong now, that's a concern for everyone involved. At least now, we are sitting here, we can all agree where things we feel as fans or as observers or as media weren't particularly pleased about. And I'm sure the coaching staff can do that as well. So, you know, I think um, there's still a lot to improve on, which actually means uh, good things for Singapore. All right, uh, let's now move on to the next match day in Group A, of course. Uh, it's a Wednesday, 8 December, where Myanmar will take on Timor Leste. And for us, Singapore, we take on Philippines. Uh, Gabe, I'll start with you firstly. Uh, give us the, the Philippines' perspective. I mean, what can uh, we I'm, expect? I'm, Singapore. I'm Singaporean. Why, why uh, Gabe is a big fan of uh, blood, Filipino football, blood. of course. Uh, what can we expect from them, you think? I think in terms of um, the, the squad itself, I think they have a few new additions, uh, new faces. Of course, the AFC Cup, all-time goal scorer uh, is in their squad. 
But what can you expect from them? I think uh, Philippines is always very exciting to watch because sometimes they come with a completely new squad. Um, depending on... In fact, a, of, a number of things, I don't want to be too rude, depending on how many passports have been given out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> or I don't know how many... Um, players of Filipino heritage they found uh, in Europe but no I'm, 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 I'm not trying to be uh, you know impolite here it is it is one of the strengths of Philippine football mm-hmm. the yeah. fact that they can it's not a, I guess it's not a long term uh, sustainability um, it's not sustainable long term but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's amazing and again they they, they they found quite a good number of players I think one player that I'm looking out for is Jefferson Tabinas centre back yes. who's uh, playing in Japan at the moment uh, he, he featured briefly uh, in their final World Cup qualifiers he was an absolute uh, you know monster in defence he was almost unbeatable but you, you're, you're right quite rightly mentioned Bienvenido Marañón as well uh, all-time top scorer in AFC Cup even at the age of I think he's 35 35, 30, yes. yeah, 35. Uh, I, I still think he will offer something the way Durich was still tearing it up at the age of uh, 37, 38 uh, for Singapore back at those Suzuki Cups um, Stefan Schrock uh, everyone in the region knows what he can bring to the side um, and you know the, the the thing I like about Philippines is they are, they're starting to take football very seriously you know they used to be uh, the whipping boys we, we've, we've always said this you know 10 year, 11 year used to be a norm for them now they've They've reached the semifinals in four of the past five editions. You know they are a team that you you cannot underestimate. So, you know, all in all, they they will be coming into this um, with high expectations. I think that's the beauty about Group A. You know, everyone's saying Group B is the group of death. A lot of um, competition there, but Group A. So if you look at Thailand as the clear standouts, before we saw Myanmar, it was actually Singapore, Philippines, and Myanmar. You know, we thought were really going to battle it out, and I still think Philippines will um, be. F- doing a, a real good job at fighting for the top two with the Thais and, and us. All right, uh, Shasi, of course, I think when we look at uh, the group, uh, we have beaten Myanmar and I expected them to beat, uh, Singapore to beat Myanmar. Um, Thailand, I think, will be definitely one of the two that qualify from the group. Uh, and I think Timor Leste is Timor Leste, no disrespect to them. We should be beating them. So it comes down to, to Singapore and Philippines to fight it out for the other spot, right, to qualify from, from the group. Uh, how important is it that we win this game? And do you see Singapore winning this game? Yeah, I, I, I do see them winning this game. Uh, I want to go gung-ho and say that Singapore will win this game. And, and I think uh, Gabe said that, you know, they, they're coming into this tournament with high expectations, but I think it's mind games as well because the coach came out and said that, you know, he expect doesn't expect them to do anything because they've got a, a bunch of them. I think it's like a 50-50 kind of thing from the Ascals developmental team mm-hmm. who played in the under-23 tournament before and they were terrible. terrible I got to yeah. say this, you know, because <laughs> yeah. they, they were physical. They are physical side. Now, even the coach admitted that yeah. this is, one of the worst Correct. football teams he saw. Correct. Yeah. And, and they are physical, but football-wise, they were terrible. So they need that experience, right? Uh, people like Schrock, uh, Mike Ott, uh, Ingresso in the middle of the park as well, and Amaranyon. So they've got that balance, but have they clicked yet? We don't know, right? So Singapore has got to take advantage of this situation because they haven't gelled. I'm not, I'm not sure about this Philippine side. You know, they, they reached the semi-final the last time round, but I don't think they'll do well this this time round. But Singapore's got to watch out, you know, because of these players, like you mentioned, right? Marignon, who's, who, who can score goals. Schrock, who is, we, we know what he can do. Mm. He's, he's brilliant, right? The goalkeeper recently won the, the Malaysia Cup, no? Uh, Kevin... Mm. Kevin Ray Mendoza. Kevin Ray Mendoza, yeah. yeah. Right, right. So, so, but, but I still expect Singapore, if they do put out a performance like the last uh, like like yesterday you know obviously minus those uh, uh, setbacks and, and sloppiness I, I think they can go out there and win the game and you know having said that Singapore's starting lineup yesterday was probably the best that they can put out from that squad maybe minus Gabe uh, G- not, not Gabe Tan but uh, Gabriel Quack yeah. right so so yeah thanks I, for clearing I, that up <laughs> so he in, in my view I think he could come in for Faris because mm. he didn't do well yesterday so mm. Gabriel would be a good one as well but apart from that I think 
uh, starting lineup wise, I think they could do a job against Philippines. Right. So I got excited for a while. I thought I missed a call from Tatsumo Yoshida or something. Maybe on aeroplane mode. Have to ask you for your prediction, Gabe. How do you see this one panning out? No, I think um, I agree with actually a lot of what Shasi just said. Um, Singapore, their starting lineup against a, a sort of a Philippines outfit that we are not quite sure about. You know, we, we know their history, but um, I think Singapore will hit into this game. Well, I don't think they will hit into it as favourites necessarily, but they will be expecting to win knowing they can win. Um, but I always like goals, so maybe uh, Singapore... I just say I like goals and I'm going to say 2-1 there's not a lot of goals is it? a 3-2 win for Singapore 3-2 win for Singapore Shasi before I ask you for your prediction <laughs> just remembered something that uh, I saw people talking about was that Singapore has one game in the system right now Philippines will be starting the tournament with that game against uh, Singapore does that make a huge difference you think uh, I think it will be a difference to Philippines because I think that's what the coach said as well and I was just reading the, the the article that he said that it's better for them to start later because they just some of the players just arrived and you know they need time to accustom, get accustomed to it so it'll be good for them and obviously they've watched Singapore play, mm. uh, play yesterday right mm. so I, I think it's good for them as for Singapore they just got to go out there and do and, and, and play the game as they, as they know. You know, they, they can't think about anything else. They got to go in there and do a job like they did yesterday. So, uh, yeah. So, if you if you want to ask me for my prediction, I can go ahead with that. I, I think Singapore will win, but not comfortably. I think it's going to be narrow. Like, Gabe, you know, 3-2. I'm going to say 2-1 for Singapore. 2-1 Singapore. Yeah. All right, that's all for the chat about the Singapore national team and the upcoming fixture. Uh, let's now have a quick chat about the other group, of course. Uh, at, the, at the time of recording, uh, Cambodia and Malaysia have yet to play the game as well as Laos and Vietnam. Uh, in this group, Gabe, um, who do you see qualifying from this group? Because I think many people will say that Vietnam and Malaysia are automatic favourites. But I personally see Indonesia being uh, some dark horse yeah. at this tournament. Uh, do you still stick with Malaysia and Vietnam being the two teams that will progress? I do, but you're right. Um, I think Indonesia... Um you know, are always going to be there or thereabouts, um, depending on whether they are in a good in a good moment and then they're one of the contenders. Or now, like you, you know, mentioned, they are the dark horses. Um, I still think um, there's too much unknown quantity. Uh, and again, they could easily turn up and surprise or me and all of us because they are an unknown quantity for mm. that very fact. Um, but overall, Vietnam, you will still think, given they are Southeast Asia's top side at the moment based on performances, yes. And, you know, Malaysia... When you look at other teams like Cambodia, Laos, again, with, with no disrespect, it's, it's, it's probably going to be Malaysia, Indonesia fighting for that second spot. I think Malaysia just have that extra bit of experience and, and quality. I think, you know, Indonesia, you have someone like, I guess, you know, Ivan Dimas, who's, who's you know, been at the top of his game for quite a while now. But, you know, is there enough supporting cast to to really carry the world? Look, there are a couple of youngsters, you know, this Indonesia side. I think only two players have more than... 30 caps mm. or you know mm. I think even less than that I was just looking at it quickly um, the other day so this is very inexperienced that that raw excitement talent could carry them um, a certain way but Malaysia do look like they have uh, a couple of cool hits um, in that camp that could just you know help them steady the ship yep uh, Shasi for you I think in group B uh, who are you most looking forward to, to watching I think would Vietnam be the answer in the sense where we've seen Vietnam collect some uh, decent results in the, in the qualifying stage of the, the World Cup qualifiers. Yes, they have they are coming to the tournament on the back of six straight losses, I believe. Uh, but do you see that the fact that they played these top teams means for them, Southeast Asian teams might be quite a straightforward game? Deepan, you, you forgot our friends from Laos, man. Sundram and Vissel Varaj. Shout out to you guys. <laughs> yeah, but but in, listen, v Vietnam, that, that, that's the main team in this this group, Group B, right? Uh 
you, you, you mentioned this, the World Cup qualifiers, obviously they've, they've played these top, top teams and, you know, the intensity is different, right? So they've coming into this game having been played or playing in this intensity and they will put out a performance, I believe, in terms of intensity that the other teams can't live with. You know, people like, uh, teams like Laos, no disrespect again, mm. and teams like Indonesia, you don't, you don't know which team will come out. Right, like like Myanmar, even you know, with the, the the political unrest and stuff like that. So we don't exactly know, but with this Vietnamese side, you know, the only thing is the the, the coach is uh, complaining about no pork in their, their <laughs> in their in their food and yeah. whatever, you yeah. know. So so those kind of things, mind games, right? I I say Vietnam will go through. I I think they are a, a top top side, and the pace and the intensity that they play in at is is wonderful. And they've got these players who are nippy, who can beat players so easily. And I again agree with uh, Gabe on. The, the second place team it could it could go to Indonesia you know you, you never know you know but Malaysia has probably the slight age in terms of the players that they've got the, the experience wise and stuff like that but yeah I, I think Vietnam for me Stephen can I just jump in and ask yeah. Chassi something here you know Chassi you know we with Vietnam it's very interesting because they they have had to play a defensive game yeah. for, for six games now and that's actually you know resulting in some criticism from for against Park Hang-seo in, in Vietnam and it's for me you know it's fair to go against Japan, Saudi Arabia. Obviously, they're playing defensive, but now Vietnamese media are demanding an attacking approach. Yeah, you know, for this, and that that makes sense too. Yeah. Do you do you? I guess you know my question. I I really get, like to get your thoughts. Is do you think Vietnam will be more attacking? Because even when they won in twenty eighteen, it wasn't you know that mm. all out attack. Yeah, you know, there was yeah. still a five man defense stuff like right, that. Right. And do you think the jury is out on Park Hang Seo if? Vietnam don't even come remotely close to actually showing some attacking intent, like genuine attacking yeah, intent. Yeah. I, I think if if I was Park playing in a World Cup qualifiers against all these big sides, I would play defensive as well, right? So let's let's not uh, be too, you know, disrespectful yeah. towards him. But going into this tournament, like you said, even the last tournament, they weren't really like full out attack. They were playing with three or even five when defending. But it doesn't matter. The formations doesn't matter, but is how you play in that particular... You can play with a five-man uh, at the back, but still go out, play yeah, yeah. Uh, an all-out attack with the wing-backs flying off. Uh, I, I think they will, they are going to get uh, let loose, so to speak. You know, the hunger is there in the players, and they've got the players to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Play in a 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 or whatever. They, they are going to go all out, I, I believe. You know, they've got the players to do that. You know, they've got top-quality players and to, to do damage. And uh, I think today, where they play... La uh, Laos in the first yeah. game uh, we all know what Sundram is going to do or <laughs> Silver Raj he, they, they're going to sit back yeah. right with five at the back or, or whatever to hold back and then try to catch them on the counter so uh, we will see how that goes because I don't think uh, like you asked me right I don't think Vietnam will have the luxury of having Laos attack them and play on a counter attack <laughs> right it's going to be the other way around they'll just both be standing off each other if exactly that's the case. so now they've got to find the solution how yeah. to break uh, Laos down and uh, we don't exactly know how the pitch is at Bishan you know I think it's, yeah, it's I'm looking forward to, to looking at that as well. Yeah, yeah. so, so they've they done up the pitch. So uh, I'm I, I'm going to be a close observer of this Vietnamese side. This, uh, yep. uh, before I let you guys go and enjoy the rest of your day, I just want to talk about the actual winners of the Suzuki Cup. So I think, Gabe, I, I caught you saying earlier that I think you still think that Thailand will, will win the tournament. Is that correct? Uh, when I said, yeah, no, I I, I did say it. Uh, I, I I prefaced it by saying I'm putting my neck on the line. Uh, this was a video I did uh, earlier. I'm putting my neck on the line by saying Thailand will win. I still think Vietnam are a very strong side. Um, I just feel this Thailand side uh, have something to prove. I think they are a bit wounded um, from having, you know, they were gunning for three back-to-back -back titles last time out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they didn't even reach the final. They brought back the big guns. I just, it wasn't the most 
you know, impressive for performances on it. I just like this Thailand, the Kato squad, and I think they can really grow into the tournament. So yes, I I, I think Thailand. But having, again, having seen that, uh, you know, Singapore, um, you know, did show enough to suggest they'll be in the contenders. You know, there's always that top few sites. No one, no one can, you know, really pinpoint uh, one leading site. And I think um, Singapore should be in the conversation after last night's game, a bit premature, but hopefully that, that continues. But yes, I think Thailand are still my tip for now. Uh, Shasi, I mean, do you see Vietnam going on to, to win the tournament again or can I say it's coming home? Uh, I would love to see them play first today, uh, Vietnam uh, against Laos today, see how what kind of a performance they put out, you know, and, and see how it goes. Uh, it depends on who they meet in the semifinals, mm, yeah. right? Because if Singapore uh, end up in the second spot and then play against Vietnam, it's going to be really, really tough. It's going to be a, a superb game. Let's hope we have that. Uh, I'm, I'm still saying that Vietnam can go all the way and, and you know, win this. My dark horse is Singapore. I, I really do feel that they have something. Uh, I think the players are together. They've got, they, they, they've got this uh, camaraderie going. You know, the players are together. They've got the players to do it as well. Players to hit you at the right moments and they can, they can take advantage of set pieces. I have to say this, you know, in the last time when Singapore won it as well with uh, the naturalized Singaporeans and stuff like that, they, they really played to the strength. They weren't attacking side, Singapore, when they won it, right? So, so they played to the strengths with ready in there. So I, I think Singapore has what it takes, but again, fingers crossed, right? Like I said, uh, dark horses for me. And like you, I think my fingers are crossed as well. I think really hope to see uh, Singapore somehow making it to the final where we can play uh, the first leg at the National Stadium and then travel all the way down uh, for the second leg at the National Stadium as well uh, to play both legs there. So something I'm really looking forward to. Uh, thank you guys for, for coming on the show. I really appreciate the insights that you brought as well. Uh, let's hope that Singapore goes on to, to win against Philippines. Thank you so much.